Life Audio. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home. Hosted by founder and CEO of SPED Homeschool, Peggy Ployer. Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student. For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to learn the ins and outs of homeschooling a child with hearing loss. And my special guest today is Angelina Myers. Welcome, Angelina, to the show. Hi, Peggy. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I am so excited to have you today and to talk about this topic. Angelina and I were talking ahead of the conversation or this conversation. And I said, we have parents often that come and ask us about how do I homeschool a deaf child or a child with a hearing loss? And a lot of times we don't have a lot of resources. So Angelina is very well connected and she's got lots of resources. And I'm super excited for her to um, to share with us today. Um, 
And, and so we're going to um, pop off or pop into this conversation, just um, learning more about you and um, your family. So I always like to ask that when we first get started, just so our, our viewers and our listeners um, get to know our guest. But I do want to let you know if you're watching live um, and you have questions or comments, Put them in the feed, whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, and we would love to include those in our discussion in this next hour. So um, so be part of the conversation. That's why we're live. So um, so we'll watch for those. But Angelina, I would just love, um, again, to know more about you and your family as we get going. All right. Um, so my husband, Joshua, and I, we've been married for 15 years. And we have four... Thank you. We have four wonderful children. We have three boys and a little girl. Our oldest son, Alexander, he is 14, and we've homeschooled him since he was four years old. (laughs) And then we have identical twin boys that are our deaf and hard of hearing children, and they're 13. They're 15 months younger than our oldest. Wow. Son. You were a busy and mom. Then, when they, <laughs> you're still a busy mom, but yes, when they're little. I say we, we forget what those early years were like. Yes, <laughs> we, we do. <laughs> and then we waited a while and then we had our daughter and she just turned eight. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah, so you started, started homeschooling, um, pretty much right off the bat then and we really did we kind of fell into it um so we had always known that we wanted to not go into the public school system um just to have a more uh, a smaller classroom and to have more tailored learning kind of thing um homeschooling was not on my radar originally (laughs) um we started looking into private schools in our area And I interviewed several and I really didn't feel a good connection, I guess, um, with anybody. And so I started feeling anxious and getting really nervous about what we were going to do the closer my son got to kindergarten age. And my husband was actually the one that suggested that we homeschool. He um, homeschooled um, for several of his years in school and so he broached that topic with me and (laughs) and said maybe it's something that we can consider but something that we needed to pray about right and so I prayed about it and we found a homeschool convention to go to and so we went to that and learned a little bit more and so we decided to to start with preschool <laughs> that, so that's I the best decided, place to start you can really hardly mess that up yes, yes. <laughs> so we just decided start with preschool if we don't mess that up right. we can talk about kindergarten <laughs> so that's kind of how it's been just every year how are we doing <laughs> yes that's a wise plan I, I know so many families that do that it's a year-by-year basis and and we're just going to take it one year at a time but it's also good that you point out you know that anxiousness um, a lot of times mm-hmm. when we are being called to do something we we have this quickness of heart you know that mm-hmm. this just doesn't feel right it's not right and and sometimes we we poo-poo that and put it off, but really listening to that is where God's mm-hmm. call is in our yeah. lives and, and really grasping onto that and trusting instead of saying, no, I'm not one of those people because 
I actually did that. I went to a homeschool <laughs> conference when my kids were preschoolers, same situation as you, and said, nope, not for me. <laughs> and sent my child to private school and ended up homeschooling anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, just God gets his way. <laughs> right. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that, that's exciting. So you already had had your, your two children with uh, the um, hearing issues then yes. your, in your home be, while you were making this decision. Did that yes. make it more difficult? It didn't make the decision more difficult um, because really with the remediation for hearing that we've already done, because our, our twins, they were diagnosed with hearing loss at two years old. Wow. Okay. Yes, um, they have a genetic disorder called EVA, so their inner ear is malformed. Um, the aqueducts oh, are enlarged, okay. which makes water pool, so it doesn't flow through the cochlea um, and, and transmit that sound appropriately. Got it. And so we didn't know until there were two that they wow. even had hearing loss, which is amazing <laughs> to think right. about. Right. Yeah, um, And so when we started the process of learning and understanding what their needs were, um, we really started homeschooling in those early years before we even um, really considered it um, as a formal thing. <laughs> um, right. as, um, as parents with children with a hearing loss know, there are lots of things that you are doing and learning and, and terminology. Oh, sure. um, it, it opens up a whole new world of things that you never, I never would have thought that I would understand the inner workings <laughs> of an ear as well as I do. <laughs> you didn't like get your degree in biology or, you know. right. Right. <laughs> well, okay. you, you kind of got one anyways, whether you wanted it or not. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so it just kind of fell into place because right. um, as they aged, we were so thankful to have the ability to homeschool because a lot of things those early years they struggled with because we were bridging the gap because with a child that didn't immediately be able to hear, um, there are things that are missed, those receptive learnings um, that children with a normal hearing, they just pick up on those picks up on cues. And so when you're really trying to teach something, you're trying to remember what it was like when you learned it and you're like, Oh, I don't, I don't remember, remember ever learning right. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're navigating a situation that you don't have experience in. That's and so cool. how do you teach yes. somebody the things that you just picked up on from your environment? Yeah. And so yeah. Um, we had to rethink how we talk to our children, um, just the communication in wow. general. Um, I remember a conversation because we all sit at the dinner table and we talk and yeah. um, we, you know, converse amongst each other. And my husband and I will joke with each other and we'll laugh. And I just laugh at everything. I just laugh at all the jokes. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, one, one night we had made a joke to one of my twins <laughs> and yeah. um, 
he just kept eating. He was just like going off, you know. Really? And so we, we stopped him and we're like, did you hear what we said? Like, did you pick up on that? And he's like, what? And he's like, oh, I didn't realize you were talking to me. Um, and, and so that brought up the conversation. Okay, then, you know, we were laughing and giggling and carrying on. Right. Um, and we didn't know that he was missing that. We're like, well, what did you think was going on? And he was like... I just thought you always looked at dad and laughed at dinner. Oh. Like, that was just something you did. And so oh, that just funny. kind of brought it into us that, oh, wow, you know, we really didn't realize that we weren't including him in the conversation because we weren't speaking right. in a way that he could to realize that we were capturing that, his attention. Right. And exactly. so realizing that those um, cues, they have to be there to include um, a child that is deaf into it. Right. Yeah. yeah. You don't even think about that. Just natural, right. the, the natural way we communicate is yes. not their natural way or a way that they can be brought in. And so you have yes. to build like scaffolding. You know, we talk about right. scaffolding of, of education, but to bring in that inclusiveness mm-hmm. within any conversation, I never even thought yeah. about that, but to be so mindful mm-hmm. of that. After a word from our sponsor, we'll dive back into this conversation. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home. That transition probably took a long time because you're, you've yes. built those habits of yes. you know, regular conversations all your life. Mm-hmm. It, was, that, was that something that, you know, how did your family make that transition once you realized you needed to do oh, that? It was so difficult. It really was because you really have to talk through so many things. Um, So our, we, um, we were in speech therapy that is auditory based and language um, for them for years. (laughs) And they would encourage us, they're like everything that you do, narrate it. So as you're opening the door, talk through that, um, talk about what those, you know, what, what, what's happening, what's going on with, Right, because that's life. oftentimes how you improve speech in an autistic child um, right. who wouldn't have the speech that they need the extra words and, mm-hmm. and to know how to use them in that context. But that doesn't yes. help you, does it, <laughs> your children? Right, 
Right. And it, it turns into a situation where you're really thinking through the process of everything that you're doing. So the steps right. in making a sandwich, the steps to um, putting your shoes on, the steps to getting ready to go out the door, the things that you're doing that just you know, you just do it on autopilot. Right. It's, it's almost it's, like executive it's, functioning. It's like you've got to take right. it into those little pieces. You really do. You really have wow. to drill down to what it is that we're learning here. Yeah. Um, because the things that we think are being picked up on, they're, they're, they might not be. Right. <laughs> and yeah. so really making it clear on what those steps are. And, and communicating it, mm-hmm. which was very difficult because it feels so awkward saying, okay, we're going to open the door now, you know, like those right. little things that you don't feel like you should narrate, right? Um, but you find yourself narrating it. And then it, it changes the way your children play too, which is so funny to, to see because um, my older son, he would be playing with our twins and they would all communicate to each other and they'll be like, okay. So I want you to, you know, move the dinosaur like this. And so they will explain it. And so it, oh. it kind of just trickles into just everyday life. Everyday, this is what yeah. we, do. we just explain all the things that, that are happening. <laughs> so have you had anybody come into your house that has actually observed that and thought, well, you know, why do you do what you do? Or they, they kind of understood your situation. Most people, I'm sure, you know that you meet know that, but you, yes, but you know, out in public or at church or, you know, I'm sure it's, it's maybe sometimes hard for people to understand how much necessity that is required. Yes. Yeah. It just takes advocating, I guess. And it's what we do best as parents with kids with needs. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. It really is. And and being able to teach it because, you know, we, we advocate so strong for our children and then we want them to be able to advocate for themselves too. And so modeling what that looks like is so important and and calling it out when you don't think they're getting it. Because eventually at some point you're going to see, that look, I think all of us parents, we've seen the look before where we know that yeah. you're not understanding a word <laughs> right. you just said. <laughs> exactly. It's like, hmm, how do I rephrase that? Right. <laughs> this exactly. is kind of always what's in the back of our head, isn't it? <laughs> I'll, I'll help you understand. We'll just get it around you yeah, some other direction. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we had a couple of comments from one of our, our viewers, Karasu the Dreamer. Um, she talked asked a question about interviewing somebody who is a disabled homeschool graduate. Um, Some months we would love to focus on that topic and love to have you on as a guest. And um, she just said, I feel like this, I feel welcome. This is one of the few Christian channels I I felt welcome at. Well, I am so glad. We just, we want to love everybody because that is what, as a Christian, I am called to do. And um, I'm glad that you are feeling that um, through our broadcast. And um, we don't require you to be like us. Just know that that God's love is bigger than um, than a set of rules that a lot of people tend to follow. Um, that that want to fit you in a box. Um, we know that God's love can break through a lot of things. So, um, so thanks for, for continuing on with us. Um, so, you know, you talked about your decision to homeschool. Did, um, were there other people in your life, like parents, you know, um, very 
concerned um, friends that maybe said, maybe you shouldn't be homeschooling? Was there any of that kickback? So we were very fortunate that our parents were very supportive (laughs) and that they didn't make comments about it. (laughs) (laughs) So they might have been thinking it, but they... (laughs) Yeah, who knows? Uh, But one of the the biggest things that they would say is, I just don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. (laughs) We don't know how we do it either. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yes. (laughs) But you kind of just go with it. Um, So we were very fortunate. We didn't um, get the backlash. Um, we, we got the, the common things of, you know, how are you going to socialize your children? Right. And yeah. are they going to make friends? Are they going to be socially awkward? You know, those yeah. very common things. And as yes. homeschooling parents, I think we all know that, um, I think their social schedule can get a little crazy. It, it can. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think we over-socialize our kids sometimes. <laughs> it's almost like we just hear that going into it. And we're like, oh, you know, no, that's not at all. Right. And then maybe take on too much. <laughs> yes. Because we're trying to overcompensate for what right. society says. We don't have your kids in a classroom, so of course they can't be socialized. And we're going, uh, yeah, <laughs> they just need like, to be home more, <laughs> so we can right, exactly teach them social skills, <laughs> like <Yes>. everyone's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but well, that's good because you know a lot of times um, there isn't a whole lot of support, and and sometimes too, especially when you have a child who I, and I've talked to parents who have children who are deaf of hard of hearing or blind, and because they have those special schools that um, the kickback for a lot of these, a lot of parents who are in a similar situation is, is even more extreme than a typical homeschool transition. So, Mm -hmm. so how wonderful for you that, you know, what you felt was being um, just validated and, you know, between your husband and yourself just was something that was validated by family. And so, Yeah. Yes, we're very thankful for that. Yes, very. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> That's awesome. So we had a question from one of our, our viewers that had submitted it ahead of time. And I know we're going to dive maybe into some more specifics. But um, her question was about um, using sign language. And she said, should a child with hearing um, loss... Um, use sign language? And then what are the pros and cons of doing that? I love this question. Um, So as you're navigating the deaf world, there are so many modes of communication. Um, So you can do listening and spoken language. So it's it's this, it's what we're doing now. We're using our words and we're listening for those responses. Exactly. Um, You can communicate with... um, Uh, sign language. American Sign Language is what is most commonly used, but there's also C. Um, And then there's also cute speech. So all of these things are great tools for your children to learn. Um, But the tool that's going to work is the one that you nurture. And so I feel like it's going to be whatever works best for your family because no mode of communication is going to be easy to acquire. I feel like this is true for right. um, typical hearing children and also deaf children. It's 
it's going to take time and it's going to take work to learn. So it's just going to be based off of what works for you and your child Um, and just navigating what that looks like. And so taking the time to listen to what your child is telling you. Um, Because one thing that I like to point out is that it's not the tool that that wins ultimately yeah. is the child. So it's right. fails the child, not the ch- child failing the tool. Yes. And so it's just finding out what works for them and giving them access to communication because communication right. is going to be the key to unlock um, the world that we want for them. And so it's just right. going to be a matter of, of what works for them. Exactly. Yeah, that's a great, great point. So it's it's not about, yeah, using sign language it's about it's about the process of using sign right. language and is it working is it not working and and i i've talked to people that have used peck programs and you know they are mm-hmm. you know other types of things and it is it's kind of a trial and error process of going through that and not getting so frustrated at the child for not being able to learn it but just knowing that there mm-hmm. are some things, you know, even as us like homeschool moms, there's some curriculum I just gravitated towards because it mm-hmm. just, it seemed to just speak to me. Um, and other ones, I was like, other people love it, but not happen in my house. <laughs> right, right. Yes. So um, I think taking that perspective too from that a teaching approach, I that that's very wise mm-hmm. um, just to say, yeah, each of our kids are going to have those I guess with different learning styles, but communication yeah. styles as well. Exactly. And, so yeah. are your are your twins on the same page as how they learn, or do you did you get two polar opposites? Oh, they are polar opposites. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so you had to learn two different ways. <laughs> Almost. Yes. And, and and honestly, all four of my children mm-hmm. they learn in different ways. And yes. so it they they each had their own struggles. And mm-hmm. so navigating how to overcome that can be very challenging. Um, right. But that's what we do as parents, right? That's, that's exactly. the beauty of homeschooling and and having your teacher be your parent because we're one hundred percent invested in this child. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we want them to grow up, and we want them to move on, and we want them to be successful adults. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so finding what works for them is so important. And and yes. um we played with so many different things, so many different curriculums uh, through the years. And um, one thing that I always tried to do was have um, visual representation of whatever it was that we're learning. And then also the physical aspect of things, because having three boys, three young boys that Uh are so high energy, we had to (laughs) work that out somehow. So we did so many games. Um, I remember staying up late laminating um, sight words on lily pads so that they could jump on them or Uh creating an (laughs) obstacle course. Yes. um, Yep. Yeah, so 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 many different things um, that we just did to help them figure out. Okay, how do I learn best? Right, exactly. <laughs> so that, yeah. and, and now we're we're finally at a point where they're more independent, and we've moved to an online self paced model that right. they're doing what they're excelling at because we found ways to make them enjoy learning and build and that 
self-advocacy and be able to help them in that way. It's those foundational skills Mm -hmm. that you've you've built in and knowledge. And um, a lot of times I think we get into that period of homeschooling and we're like, oh my goodness, is this what it's going to be like? all the way through. Uh, For some kids it is, but for very few it is. You get those foundational things in place and you can switch gears because now all of a sudden they've grasped that that ability to learn. And then, you know, after those, those building blocks are put in place, they can really build upon it themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a great point to make because yes, we can get stuck in this. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the homeschooling is yes. never going to end. <laughs> right? <laughs> but yes. yes. So that gives hope, I'm sure, to many that um, that you've been able to to kind of launch them into their own learning trajectories um, on their own, which right. is very cool. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. So are all if your older three doing kind of the same thing then, or did you have to find different programs based on each of their learning styles and communication styles? We did have to do, we had, we had to find things that fit them. So um, early on, we did um, all about reading (laughs) to help really give them the tools that they needed to to get that base down. We've done a Becca um, parent led work. Um, We've done piece together (laughs) uh, things based off of what their needs are and the right that we were doing at the time. And so we've just kind of done a combination of things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just just seeing what stuck. <laughs> really. Right. Yeah. And I and that's that's pretty much common across the board. If you have or you're homeschooling a child that struggles, you become this eclectic homeschooler, not by choice, but out of necessity. Yeah. And you just find different things, but you, you always seem to not be able to just stick with that one box. <laughs> right. It's, and, it's true because as they grow, it, it you know their their needs are different. Right. Yes. Yeah. And you just mm-hmm. have to supplement again, like you said, that trial and error kind of on the side. Um, mm-hmm. You may be all studying studying the same thing together, but this one child needs you know help in this area. One child needs help in another area to just kind of all be on the same page still together while you're learning. And mm-hmm. and that's kind of frustrating, I think, you know, coming in because we have this picture that, you know, homeschooling happens like just, it just happens. And, you know, everything <laughs> that's in that, that manual that says on day one, this is what you do and everybody's going to get through it by the end of day one. It, it just doesn't always happen. <laughs> right, exactly. So, and that's the beauty of homeschooling too, is that you have that flexibility. If it right. takes longer than what the box says, that's okay. Yes. Um, you can, I mean, they'll, this might be hard, but something else will be easier and then it'll be great. And it all right. balances out. And it's it really does. that balance and not getting frustrated that it says this in black and white, but my child really needs this because they just understanding that they all learn at different paces. Right. And, and, celebrating those successes because sometimes um, when we get into things, whether, you know, hearing or um, comparing a deaf child to their hearing peer, there are those gaps that we see. Right. And then, and then getting those thoughts in our minds, like, Oh, it's going to take so long. I remember looking at all of their, um, yes, 
their speech and language evaluations and just seeing, oh, they have such a long way to go to reach their hearing peers. Right. And that we would forget how far we've come. Exactly. And so looking back on um, how it was and then yeah. where they are and celebrating those because it's a lifelong journey of it parenting really is. and hearing yes. and... Yep. And learning, and we want to celebrate those small successes. Absolutely. Um, and so that's that's the key is just remembering: don't get caught up in the little things, but to remember to celebrate those as well. Exactly. Yes, it, it that is so true, and you know, and it really does. Um, it gives your child the ability to to know that they are doing something and they're making that progress when you when you mark those milestones and say look yes. look what we've done instead of oh man look how far you have yet to go i mean right. how defeating is that um, exactly. and and so we all want that we all want to be celebrated for the, the accomplishments we make and and yes and and like you said you know there are those those points where they they just doesn't seem like a lot of progress is happening or there's a huge gap and then they, they like rocket like quick. Right. And then all of a sudden you see another stag- stagnant point and you just keep going and, you know, progress may be so small, you don't, don't even see it, but it, it just happens like that. It's not this typical trajectory of, yeah, we're just going to progress, you know, at this even rate all the way through. And <laughs> wouldn't that be nice that every child right. is like a chart, <laughs> but they're not. Yes. Oh, well, that's, that's a good reminder just for all of us that, um, you know, it, it, we just have to look at our child more than the, what the books say or any expert says, or, mm-hmm. you know, just um, the statistics that, um, yeah. where kids are at and, and they, they all get there. And like you said, we have a lifetime. Why, why are we, we rushing them through the things that they need um, yeah. to get to a place where they're not even going to be prepared when we push them there. So we right. might as well just take our time now and, and really work on those um, mm-hmm. fundamentals. Yeah. And enjoying the process because yeah. it's, such a special time, even as frustrating as it can be. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but it, it really is such a special time to get to homeschool your child because we get to see them in a way that we wouldn't have if they weren't home with us. Right. And so yeah. being able to connect with them and to understand where they are and to see them, um, and their growth and, and all the wonderful things and being able to celebrate those with them are so special because Absolutely. Some parents aren't fortunate enough to be able to do that. And yeah. um, so it's, a, it's just a, it's just a blessing that homeschooling parents have. Absolutely. Yes. Completely agree. That's why we kept homeschooling too. And Mandy um, said something on Facebook. She said, my son has uh, hearing loss and ASD. Our choice to homeschool is worth celebrating each and every day. That's yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing with us. Yes. And um yes, just it is a celebration. It's a celebration of our freedom to be able to homeschool. Um mm-hmm. and and to make those choices for our children and really to be able to to not put them in a place where they they have they're kind of just pushed through and unfortunately mm-hmm. the school system just has so many kids that they that's what they're required to do i don't want to beat up on them but no. um it's it's just 
it is what it is. And the ability to pull your child out of that, say, you know what, you're special. You were made and you're gifted and and there's a purpose for your life and we are going to be on this journey together. I mean, that is so powerful to our children mm-hmm. to, for them to know that um, yeah. instead of instead of saying, well, you're you're about here with everybody else and about there mm-hmm. and you got to catch up. And, you know, it's like this this mantra that we just and we wonder why depression is so huge in our society it's because we we allow all these other um, areas to speak into our children's lives about mm-hmm. where, where you know how good they are, and and they're good. They're 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 they awesome are. the way they're yeah. at. <laughs> so so yeah. yeah. So thank you for that rem- reminder, both Angelina and and um, Mandy. Uh, so I wanted to ask you a little bit about curriculum. You talked a little bit about that, um, but also as far as like recruiting help um, through your homeschooling journey. What what has that been like for you? And um, and you know how did you go about even looking for curriculum um, to to help, especially your sons with? that do have hearing loss and Mm -hmm. and then just being able to use that and to modify and accommodate as needed. Um, So one thing that we did is we did go to the homeschool conventions to be Mm -hmm. able to look at at the (laughs) curriculums that were available and to see it and touch it and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, go through it. Um, But we also um, participated in homeschool co-ops so that we can meet with other families that were homeschooling to get what their perspectives were like. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the piecing together came because of my desire to provide for them because I view life with a child as a parent is that I'm just filling their toolbox with resources that they could need. And having a child with hearing loss just means that they have a need for different types of tools. And yeah. so it was my job mm-hmm. as their parent to find those tools. Right. <laughs> and so doing the, that research, um, but it really just came down to knowing them and yeah. getting a feel for, you know, what works for them. So mm-hmm. um, I had one of my children, he really enjoyed cars. So huh. I would create, you know, a lesson about cars that is right. whatever it was that we were working on. Um, and so making sure that that experience had a piece of something that they were interested in. Right. Um, and then what our goals were. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. We, we uh-huh. wanted them to be able to count. So let's count cars. Yes. <laughs> and then you can play with them. And mm-hmm. so um, it was just a desire to give them all the tools. So that's really yeah. where, and, and using those resources to so the, the homeschool convention, other mm-hmm. parents, Pinterest. Right. Yes. People that are more creative than I am. Yeah. And so just, just filling, um, I just became a collector of ideas. Yeah. I think, yeah, you have to become a good researcher when, when you have yes. kids with, with various learning needs and just um, try to pull from so many different places and, and be open to, just again, trying things, but, but that, that, um, that interest, you know, diving into your child's interests, that is, is so key, especially when a child struggles, because when they, they connect with that, they don't even think that they're learning and, and that will just let them 
kind of push past those hard um, mm-hmm. learning leaps that that otherwise they just you know tend to struggle in and and want to give up and but but yeah so so cars and then um, yeah that's that's um, so key so both you I'm assuming since you said your your boys are polar opposites what what was the other one that was their interest (laughs) Uh, so he really changed quite a bit which was really hard yeah (laughs) yeah we had dinosaurs we had cats (laughs) we had um superheroes I mean it was it was a whole gamut of things that um (laughs) he decided to be interested in as Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. You have to have a, one of those creative ones. That's that's what they yes. end up being. Is yes. <laughs> uh, they keep you on your toes. That's what they're there for. Yes. They do. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Uh, that's that's awesome. So is then so I'm. You said you joined a, a co-op, and um, and so did you have any other kind of helps that that you used you've used through the years. I know you, you talked about speech therapy a little bit and mm-hmm. of course how that didn't work, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so we did. Um, so we had uh, speech therapy early on. We also went to occupational therapy and physical therapy. And right. uh, those early years were really tough because we also homeschooled in the lobby in between. Yes. Yes. <laughs> in between their sessions. And so that was very difficult. Um, but the homeschool co-ops and then after our boys were diagnosed with a hearing loss, we were connected with Hands and Voices, which is an organization that helps families there. They provide, um, resources, um, and networking opportunities. And so we joined the Arkansas chapter and attended events through them to meet other families of children that were deaf and hard of hearing um, because we fell into the statistic of our children were the only deaf people we knew. Right. <laughs> so, so that is difficult when you don't really know what to expect. Um, exactly. And so, so meeting other families that have children all ages mm-hmm. <laughs> so that you can see, oh, this is what a teenager looks like. Right. What an adult looks like. Um, and so being able to navigate that and to speak with other families that understand what challenges you face um, right. provides an insight that is so valuable. And so I was very fortunate that we had an audiologist and a speech pathologist that guided us to hands and voices and encouraged That's us to, to awesome. go to those events. Right. Yeah. And that's handsandvoices.org if you're you're listening. Um and it's it's like a parent support network right. that that you can provide. And um and we we were talking before the, the conversation just about how important support networks are um when you, you walk into a, a new diagnosis or a new path in your life. I know that's why a lot of people come to SPED homeschool is they're like, How do I navigate this? This wasn't something that was in my plan <laughs> of what right. was gonna happen with our, our life. <laughs> and now I need other people to come along alongside me. I need hope um, of what this is going to, you know, what this 
path is going to probably look like? Um, you know, what challenges are we going to face? What do we have to prepare for? And being surrounded with with people in that same situation is so comforting. It um, and so so yeah, and so you work with the Arkansas chapter, right? Yes. 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 Yeah, awesome. They've they've been a huge blessing to our life <laughs> because um, one thing that we learned, like you said, when you receive a diagnosis, it kind of shatters the dream that you had for your child, right? right? And so when it when you're faced with a whole new world and a whole new traje- trajectory, exactly. um, you don't know what to expect, and the unknown is terrifying. Yeah, and absolutely. so being able to partner with other families is right. so huge because you get to have conversations with someone that has been on the path that you're on and can share their experiences because you don't know what you don't know. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, and otherwise we give into fear and we can give into right. fear so easily and it can like take us down places that, you know, we're not even going to go or the possibility is so minute and we can just get so bogged down with the what ifs instead of focusing on the look, look at, you know, what other people are doing that again, it's that hope that's resonating and building Mm -hmm. up within us when we're surrounded by others. So that's really powerful. It is. It's so powerful. And it's so encouraging because when you feel so isolated, because it can be very isolating. Yeah. Um, just to know that there's one other family out there. That yeah, exactly. Is also feeling this way. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, we can feel isolated together. <laughs> it, yes. it's, just, it's just so freeing to know that you're not the only one. You're not the only one that's experiencing this. And right. to see that their child made it to that next phase of life. Exactly. It's so encouraging. <laughs> Absolutely. This, you know, that they will make it to teenage years and that they will make it to adulthood and that that's right. a natural progression of things and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, yeah, I mean, it, it's natural for us to go down that way, but that the support networks are what keep us from, from that. And so I'm, I'm so glad that you're, you're serving in that community and you have so much experience to, to be able to share from and um, connections for families. Um, so I wanted to ask you, what are, what do you see as the greatest positives um, that have come out of homeschooling, especially for your, your two boys that experienced the hearing loss? I feel the greatest thing was being able to tailor their education towards their needs. Yeah. And being able to see them grow and to give them the tools to empower them. Because now from where they were when they were younger to where they are now, um, they can communicate what their needs are. If they didn't hear something, they can communicate that. Right. And, um, I feel like the struggle was so strong early on that if we hadn't homeschooled, um, that they could have been lost. They could have been very lost. Um, And instead they're not. Now they're flourishing teenagers and with all the things that 
come with having a teenager. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And sometimes we wish, oh, they <laughs> we get through this phase quick. Or yes, <laughs> we weren't there yet. Um, but that's that's awesome that um, you've been able to do that. And and I, I love how you refer to it as you know like their toolbox, and you you individually customized each of their toolboxes so that as they continue moving on, they know what works. And I think that that's one of the biggest struggles is 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 going through the process of trial and error of figuring out what works. But because we want to just find the right thing and then move on. But right. um, but it's it's customizing that. In, I, yeah, I just love to picture it as that the toolbox that your child is going to take with them. It's, you know, we like to build portfolios and all those other things, but we don't often think of all of the the things that we give our children that they they have access to as those accommodations that they're going to move on with in life mm-hmm. as even more important than than the things that they can show that they've done because right. it just it's what they use then in in the future so yeah so so good so um what have been maybe some of your hardest parts of homeschooling um or things that you're still kind of going how do we overcome this <laughs> mm-hmm. I I think one of the biggest struggles that we had um, and still have <laughs> sometimes mm. is worrying: Are they learning enough? Are oh, they? Yes. Are we teaching correctly? Are we doing these things that they need um, to go into a profession or um, just yeah. to learn everyday skills or you know right. those things like having that fear that they'll leave our home and we didn't teach them something, you know, like, right. Those, yes. Those yes. <laughs> and, and we read all of the, the, the books of, okay, what, what should they know by fifth grade? Right. Or, exactly. You know, yes. Uh huh. And I think those are, those might be common fears. Right. <laughs> they, they truly are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember when my oldest graduated and, and, God just really laid on my heart to graduate him a year early. And I'm like, seriously, this child has a diagnosis. Why would I let him leave my house at 17? And I just really felt impressed by God. And then my argue back was, but I haven't taught him everything. And, you know, I could just hear God, you know, saying to me, Peggy, you still don't know everything. Right? <laughs> what do you expect to teach him in another year? Um, he's ready. He's just let him go. Um, but but the, it's so hard because you know we we've taken so much ownership of mm-hmm. our children's learning and to slowly release that and to let them take control completely of that and keep moving yeah. on. Um, but you know, having instilled um, as I just you know hearing your your story you are instilling in your children the love of learning and the competency to learn and that is what's going to take them to the next levels and i've said this over and over again in my show but the statistics are that our kids that are graduating now will have seven careers in their lifetime and the ability for them to learn and change is so much more key than training them for just a job because that yeah. job will come and go, but they have to be able to reinvent themselves and say, what yeah. am I going to be next? <laughs> yes, and, exactly. 
Yeah. Yes. So, so yes. So take heart, mom. <laughs> You're doing a good job. And, and yes, those are common fears across the board, even when we don't have struggling students. You know, we, I, I speak at a lot of conferences, so I, I've heard them all. And, and yes, that is, I, I think we just, we're, we're really hard on ourselves. We um, really are. Yeah. But, <laughs> That's mom guilt right mom guilt yes exactly <laughs> yes <laughs> it's it's pretty much a, yes across the board there so um so yeah is there anything else that you'd you'd love to share that you know I've, through our conversation has come to mind that you'd love to chat about i just want to encourage everyone that's listening that yeah. you are doing enough for your child you so are good providing a strong path for them. And even in those struggles, they're going to appreciate you eventually. Eventually. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and you're just, it just remember that it's, it's all about the child. It's not the tools. It's, it's just the child and having that relationship with them yes. because you don't want to sacrifice the relationship for them to learn addition. <laughs> Right, uh, and, and so just remembering that, that the relationship is the thing that you want them to leave with. And exactly. The, the rest of the, th- the pieces will fall into place, but just enjoying the small things. Too. Yes. Yes. Very well said. Yes. I've, I've realized the, the, the utmost importance of that. You know, I, I remember saying that when my kids were teenagers, but when they became adults and they came back when they had issues, because that was the closest relationship that they had was just, it just warmed my heart that God allowed that connection to happen, that they could be vulnerable in their hard places and come home Mm -hmm. instead of saying, oh, my parents are judgmental. They, you know, they have everything against me and I don't want to, you know, we we see that happen all the time. And Mm -hmm. you you want your kids to know that they are loved and that you're on this, this journey with them. And I think homeschooling really embeds that. We go through the ups and downs of life while we homeschool our kids. And um, yes. and we screw up. We apologize. <laughs> we talk a lot about that on this program. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, but yes, it draws us closer together too and, and closer to God. We have to trust in Him and, and the work that He's doing in all of us to perfect us together. So, yes. so that's awesome. Well, thanks so much, Angelina, for sharing. And um, again, if um, you talked a little bit about um, handsandvoices.org, um, and so I encourage our audience to check that out. And also our, our sponsor today is um, carterhears.com, and um, would love you f- for you to check out um, their resources as well. Um, and and then yeah, next week we are talking with a another person from um, Hands and Voices, and and so and she works with military families. So we're going to be talking about um, conquering um, your fears or conquering your biggest homeschooling obstacles. And then, and so she said, I've, I've got more than, than just a child with the hearing loss. And so I, I want to kind of be able to encapsulate it all. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's do that. Um, so, so we're going to be talking a little bit more on the same topic next week. Um, 
and with another parent. And so that'll just give you more insight. And all of our stories have something to share and they're all a little same, a little different. And so I just appreciate um, you, Angelina, and um, and just the story that you were able to share with us and from your experience and um, and just, again, taking the time to, to be here. So appreciate Thank that. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And and Mandy from uh, Facebook said thank you too. So thanks for watching, Mandy. And for the rest of you, I've seen you popping on and off and and putting hearts and and thumbs up. So um, so so glad to to have you watching. I know a lot of you watch over your your um, your lunch hours, so you just kind of have us going on in the background while you got kids at the table. So we appreciate <laughs> you for for being there. And um, for those of you that um, watch and listen on. On the the podcast or the recorded sessions on YouTube. So, um, so thanks again. And um, yep, check out CarterHears.com as well as HandsAndVoices.org, and also visit us at SpedHomeschool.com. We've got lots of resources for you on our website, and um, and then we'll see you again um, next week back here for. Um, another episode of um, Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Thanks, everybody. God bless and, and have a great week. Bye, everyone. Bye. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.